0: okay all right take two <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right um so we'll kind of I'll, we'll start over but we'll kind of do like a because <laughs> I, I i do kind of want to have my people hear what you have to say okay. about some of that stuff but man that was a good one i'm sorry <laughs> no um, no it's definitely... all
1: good that was a good practice run.
0: <laughs> i love it all right we'll take two uh Take two for audio issues. Um, <laughs> I swear I will get better at being a, uh, a Zoomer and a millennial, um, and stop being so Boomer tech about everything. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> son. Can you help me figure out how this computer works?
1: Oh man, was it was it somebody on Michael Malice's show recently that was talking about how. Uh, he was like the old man trying to like lure kids into his van just so they could help him like work his electronics and his cell phone and stuff.
0: <laughs> oh man. Oh no. I don't. Yeah. I just, I, I, I watch his tweets or I, I see his tweets and stuff, but I'm not, okay. actually not listening to a show. But yeah. He's, uh, he's funny. He is. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm pretty sure it works now. I'm going okay. go to the chat. In the meantime, <laughs> thank you for joining me, Garrett. Um, we just did half an interview, and I realized halfway through, thanks to someone in the chat, that uh, um, his audio was not feeding in. So, Sean's bad. My bad. Um, no, no, so it's we're going to kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, Russian interference in our in our podcast. <laughs> So we're going to redo this interview a little bit, and then um, we're going to get to the bulk. Of, we of I had some really good questions still coming up, but we're okay. going to kind of fast track some of the questions we already covered um, because I'm a stupid idiot. But I'm here today with Garrett from the Make America Garrett Again podcast. Um, and yeah, it's an awesome podcast on, you said it's on every single podcast
1: app. Every, everywhere, I think, except for SoundCloud. I think you can find me just about anywhere but there. I'll give you a link when we're done. And it's a smart link that shows several different services that it's on. That's probably the easiest way for you to find it um, for whatever app you're using.
0: Sweet. Yeah, and I love the um, – my, my little header is Faith, Loyalty, Hope. But I like yours because it's like kind of like, like a mirror image of that. And it's mm-hmm. Peace, Property Rights, and Free Markets. Yes, i love that and um yeah first off first question i have for you again garrett Mm -hmm. again um
1: is (laughs) have you made america garrett again uh yes yes we are making america garrett again as we speak with every new listener and every new download of the show uh, America becomes just a little bit more Garrett and that's what we want to do we're going to make America Garrett again and then we're going to keep America Garrett so uh, we'll, be, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be set we'll be in good shape yeah
0: we have maga and we're about to CAGA uh, yes <laughs> I love that um, sweet and um, just real quick again so <laughs> sorry to make you answer it again but um, who are you and what is your life journey
1: Oh, my, uh, I am, I am Garrett. And um, my life journey is uh, just hopefully to reach as many people and to, to teach as many people as possible about um, just about, you know, libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism and those, all of those agorism, all of those kind of isms that we kind of believe in and hold to, um, to hopefully just reach as many people as possible and kind of win people over to our side. And I think that um, the one thing that I am really good at is that i can talk to all kinds of different people i can find something to relate to with with everybody and so um i may not be like the the economics master that bob murphy is uh you know i may not be as funny as dave smith is or as michael malice is but um i think that i'm able to reach people and to, to kind of talk to them about the the concern the things that most concern them and the things that worry them about um you know libertarianism or anarchism or any of those things and i can Kind of put those in ways that are a little bit easier for people to handle, and in ways that hopefully people can see, um, you know, that, that we really do have something special uh, in this movement, and that we really do have something special in the way that we think that the world should be run, and um, hopefully we can, you know, get more people to buy into that. And I think that's kind of been my my goal and my life journey is, um, you know, just just working on myself and being the best person that I can possibly be, but then. Uh, As far as my show is concerned, you know, being the best host that I can be and being the the best um, ambassador for liberty that I can be, I guess.
0: Sweet. I love that. I love that. And um, where is Garrett going to be in the year 2025?
1: 2025. Um, I think, like you said earlier, probably coming out of an internment camp. Probably uh, (laughs) I will have graduated... The re-education camp
0: graduated and, with high uh, honors from the yes, education with, with
1: high honors. Um, I, I, I am the type and when all of this stuff goes down and, and you see, you know, people like, I'm going to go down, you know, go down swinging and go down guns blazing. And I'm just, I'm the opposite. You know, I will tell them what they want to hear and we'll just cruise right on through. So, um, you know, I've, I've loved president Kamala Harris from the beginning and uh, I will always love her. She will always be my hero. She's not a dirty cop. She's not a nasty prosecutor. Um, she is is one who is to be respected and we love her dearly so um that is my madam president and um if you could please just give me my things and let me get out of this camp as quickly as possible (laughs) I
0: (laughs) i love that and um yeah sweet well what is liberty uh
1: i think liberty is um just the ability to to live your life and to take ownership of your life um in a way that that doesn't hurt or infringe upon anyone else's livelihood as well. And so I think that, um, you know, liberty is, it's the good things that we can do. It's our, it's our freedom to succeed and our freedom to, um, make our lives better by making more money or, you know, taking more control of our resources or whatever it is that that we feel would make our life better. But I think at the same time, that includes the freedom to fail. And that's something that I think is being lost kind of as as postmodernism starts to take over that, um, you know there's there's in a lot of the college classes and stuff like that now they're teaching that there's you know there's no real truth and that if anything is wrong um that it can be somebody else's fault and i think that that's a big thing that is a, a huge hindrance to liberty is that we're kind of teaching students and, and teaching other people that you know, if, if something is hard, then it's somebody else's fault. Someone is oppressing them, whether it's a a higher wage class or whether it's a different race or a different gender, or if it's somebody of a a different political party or whatever, that those people are to blame for the reason that my life isn't the way that I want it to be. And I think that that's a big, big problem. And I think that part of Liberty is not only having the, the freedom to succeed, but the freedom to fail. And for us to, to fall on our faces sometimes and realize that, um, you know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe things aren't so great in my life just because I've made some mistakes. You know, maybe I'm not doing something right and I've failed, but the good news is you can, you can pick yourself up, you can dust yourself off and you can try to do better the next time. And I think that that's um, something that we've really lost is this, this ability and this freedom to fail. And I think that's a big part of Liberty that, that we need to understand um, that sometimes people are going to screw up and people are going to fall on their face and they're, they're just going to blow it sometimes. And, um, In this kind of current society where if you see someone who's in a bad spot, uh, we we start looking to see who's to blame and how can we stop this from ever happening again when sometimes you know what we have to screw up we have to get ourselves to rock bottom. Before we can pick ourselves up and get better, and I think that um, that that ability to fail is a big part of liberty that is missing in um, maybe some other definitions or or some other worldviews out there. Yeah, I love it
0: yeah personal responsibility. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, and so would you consider yourself a lowercase or an uppercase
1: l Uh, i'm definitely a lowercase l Um, (laughs) the libertarian (laughs) party has uh has pretty much lost my support um i'm i'm willing to let them try to earn it back but uh you know with with nick sarwark being such a jerk just to everybody and just running off anybody who has any principles um that was a bummer and then uh, Joe Jorgensen and some of her tweets have just been just equally bad. And it's just like, you know, who are we, who are we trying to appease? You know, are we trying to bring people into the liberty movement or we just want everybody else to to think that we're cool and think that we're safe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we were talking about it. I want to bring it up because I, I I thought it was important to talk about, but um, I saw a thing about Joe Jorgensen. First of all, who was who is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never even heard of her before July, you know. Um, But I just saw a clip, like, a a little, like, um, it could be out of context, I don't know, but she made some statement somewhere that it wasn't important to win this election. It was just more important to kind of steal some votes and swing some votes in the right direction for the future. Um, The idea being, like, if we could, like, take a state or two and make the the map show up a, a few, you know, of the states being yellow Mm -hmm. um that that would make a big impact and kind of push the movement in the bigger picture forward and that maybe in future elections we could have like more success and i just thought that was really silly because um if that's the case then why don't you put up a better candidate this year who's trying to win this year or at least trying to like really make an impact in a big way this year um and if not if the if the idea is to start planting the seeds for the future. Um, Like start, you know, kind of growing the movement as like, let the momentum build, it seems like they would focus on like smaller Liberty minded States like Idaho and Wyoming and Montana and New Hampshire. But instead it seems like they're going to States like Ohio and Florida and Texas, like States that are very red (laughs) or States that are like swing States that you know, no one's going to waste their vote in Ohio on Joe Jorgensen this mm-hmm. election, you know? Yeah. Um, so it just seems silly to me either way. It seems like they should really be pushing for a big, good, strong candidate this year. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, both candidates suck. We have a really good one, though. Or they should actually really be focusing on stealing a couple of those states, those, like, key states that could be stolen this election.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that... Um... Yeah, this is just not the election um, that they're going to be able to cover much ground. I mean, this election is all about Donald Trump. You know, you've either got to stop. Um, you've either got to stop Donald Trump because he's evil and terrible, or you've got to save him because the the progressives are evil and terrible and you have to stop them. And um, everybody is concerned about what's going to happen with Donald Trump. And, you know, the, the libertarian party is just not part of that conversation because you um, you know, I don't even think she's going to get the votes that Gary Johnson got in 2016. And even though yeah. you know she's a much much better candidate, yeah. um, this just isn't the time that anybody's interested in giving the Libertarians a chance. Any more so, even more so than you know, normal years. And um, you know, I think you're right. I think they're they're wasting some of their time campaigning in states where people are not going to vote for them. And um, yeah, like maybe thinking locally would be thinking locally would probably be a better way to go about things, but then it's, it's just difficult to, uh, I guess, focus your resources in that way that you've got, you know, kind of followers from all over the country and maybe all over the world and somehow trying to dial everybody in to say that we are, you know, going to focus all of this effort on one town in Idaho or something crazy like that. Like it it doesn't make a lot of sense how they're going to pull that off. And I think that's probably the biggest hurdle that they face Um, And trying to get anybody to take any of the party seriously or any of the candidates seriously is that most people want to support a winner and most people want to believe that you can win. And even when you've got these candidates who don't really have a chance, um, they're still up there saying, you know, when I'm president, when I win, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to make things happen. And for Joe Jorgensen, so early before the election to say something like, well, we're really just trying to get people to protest and, you know, change the system or we're really just trying to win one, one state. Um, Nobody wants to support that. You know, nobody wants to sacrifice their time or their money uh, for someone that they know is going to lose. You know, you don't, you don't go into a football game telling the team like, you know, Hey, we're going to get blasted today, but if we can score (laughs) one touchdown, um, we're going to, it's going to be a good thing. So let's go out there. Let's fight. Let's win one touchdown. And they can absolutely just destroy us after that. But, uh, you know, let's let's go out and do it. You know, nobody wants to do that. Nobody's going to put their body on the line to do that. And I think that the election is you know, kind of the same way. Um, so you've got to go out there and convince people that you can win and that you really believe you can win um, so that you can hopefully get them on board with that. Or you've got to find another way to to win something smaller, whether that be a local election or something like that. Or, you know, maybe even if you picked the state that you wanted to win. Um, maybe you could dial in that a little bit more and just say, um, you know we want to you know get some electoral votes from New Hampshire or we want to get some votes from you know uh, you know Gary Johnson was from New Mexico, right? So uh, people were familiar with him there. Um, yeah. But you know that seems why't so,
0: they why haven't they won New Hampshire yet? Wasn't there, it's been like a 10 15 year push of all the libertarians moved to New Hampshire. And then it just seems like they still just don't even come close.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. I've wondered how well the Free State Project is doing, because it sounded like such a good idea. You know, New Hampshire was small enough that they could take it over and everybody could do what they wanted to do. And from what I've heard, um, you know, the laws are, are relatively uh, good there. You know, that, that you're allowed to have some freedom there. But I, I don't know that it's coming from the Libertarian Party or anything like that. It sounds like maybe they just have kind of like good Republicans <laughs> oh, yeah, in office or something.
0: Yeah. It seems like, too, when they were doing that, I was like thinking, why aren't they moving to Wyoming? Like somewhere where there's like a smaller population where you could buy land cheap and like homestead and stuff and farm. And it just seemed like New Hampshire. Really? (laughs) Yeah. But I guess. Yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, like their laws are pretty sane, like they're pretty lax about like corporations and taxes and stuff. But it just seems like if you're gonna do this giant push, like let's all move to one state and really take it over and make it like a libertarian utopia, um, mm-hmm. wouldn't you go to like Montana or Idaho or Wyoming or like North Dakota? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and I was I was just listening. I think it was on the episode of Tom was the other day where he said that um, a big reason for the Louisiana Purchase was that that Thomas Jefferson thought. Uh, That it was really important that people owned a lot of their own land and that that was important to their freedom and to their liberty so that you weren't building these big cities and everybody living on top of each other where uh, you almost have to give up some of your liberty so that you can, you know, kind of uh, afford to live alongside other people. Um, And that was one of the reasons why it was important for him to get this big chunk of land in the Louisiana Purchase so that we could spread outward and have all of our own land. And, And like you said, you know, in that case, um, Montana or somewhere would be perfect like that, where we could all, you know, every libertarian gets a couple of acres and, you know, we, we farm and do what, do our thing out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and kind of what we were talking about in the lost tapes, um, you brought up Hornberger. Yes. Um, I think he would have been a really good candidate and then also just, um, like vermin Supreme or Kokesh, like they aren't good candidates. Like they're a little crazy. But Mm -hmm. at least, like, people know who they are. And, like, people would just vote for Adam Kokesh, like, if they were just like, hey, I saw that guy in, like, a conspiracy video, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, if you want votes, don't pick the person no one's heard of until the night of the vote (laughs) in the primary in July before the election, you know, the quote-unquote most important election of our lifetime. Right. Um, It just seems... Everything just seems bad. It just to me, I don't think they put up the best candidate, which was Hornberger, and they didn't put up the most popular or like name worthy candidates either. Um, and I don't really have a problem with Joe. It just seems like the whole overall strategy and the way it played out was just not the best. Yeah,
1: yeah. and one, one of the things that Scott Adams talked about in, um, in Win Bigley was that, that if you were trying to get a position, people need to be able to picture you in that position. And so yeah. uh, he mentioned how um, when both of the, the candidates in 2016 went on Saturday Night Live, um, I don't even remember what it was that they, uh, th- what kind of skits it was that they participated in, but they they did one with Hillary where she like dressed in like some kind of different costume or different kind of outfit um, to, to do something that was very like non-presidential, whatever it was. And I mean, I'm sure it was good for comedy and that kind of thing. But the thing that Scott Adams was really, um, really hounding on was that Donald Trump, from the time that he declared his run for presidency, you never saw him not wearing a suit and tie. And when he went on Saturday Night Live, he was still wearing a suit and tie the whole time. And whatever skit they did with him, um, it was a skit of him being the president in the Oval Office. And even though even though it was something that was funny, um, and, and it was obviously poking fun at something, he said that that made a lot of strides in... Making it so that people could actually picture what Donald Trump would be like as president or they would they would picture him as president where, um, you know, in 2015 or 2014, nobody in their right mind could have even imagined what this would look like. But now you've got him on Saturday Night Live. He's in a suit and tie. He's sitting behind a desk at the Oval Office. And it made it feel more real to people. It made it feel more possible. And um, I think they're kind of running into the same thing with, you know, candidates like Joe Jorgensen and like Vermin Supreme, where they just don't look like anybody who could be, you know, nobody wants to picture the guy with a boot on his head as president.
0: And, um,
1: uh, you know, I'm you not. You say nobody, but. Uh, yeah, well, I guess that's true. Very, very few people, the, the undecided voters are, uh, are not going to be able to picture that guy going into the White House with a boot on his head. And I kind of say I've said the same thing about Joe Jorgensen, you know, and I'm not I'm not into fashion. You know, I don't I don't know what it is that she needs to do with her hair and with her with her the way that she dresses. But like the bangs and the shoulder pads just make her look like she's somebody's soccer mom from the mid 90s. And um, you know, driving around in the station wagon, taking the kids to baseball practice. And uh, that doesn't look presidential you know there are people there are many many other women who are able to dress much more professionally and look like they come from this century um and and she's not doing that and uh, you know i think of, of spike cohen like half the pictures i've ever seen of spike cohen he's got his shirt off you know like that just doesn't i just don't think it transfers well and i think that's something that's been frustrating to me and i know that especially in the libertarian world and, and people like us who, who do podcasts and who like to have fun and who like to joke around that those things are funny and that those things make them likable um, but uh, you know I I, I mentioned um, before in the in the lost episode there that we had before that uh, you know I, I gave them my phone number uh, so that the, the Jorgensen campaign could text could text me and I thought you know maybe I'll help them out maybe I'd be willing to throw a couple dollars their way or whatever and they started texting me asking about, uh, if I would be willing to meet Spike Cohen because he's going to be touring through Waffle Houses in my area. And they wanted to know if I wanted to meet Spike Cohen at the Waffle House. And um, all I can picture is, you know, these people that want to be president, they want to be in the Oval Office in the White House. Um, and instead, they're at my local Waffle House. And I don't even know if Spike, Co- Spike Cohen's going to be wearing a shirt when he's there. And um, <laughs> it's, it's just like they, they've got to do something differently to get people to take them seriously.
0: Yeah yeah although a free meal from waffle house does sound pretty good
1: free waffles <laughs> is definitely a campaign plank that i would be willing to get behind if we could do free waffles for everybody like i you know, like, you know
0: look i don't, I don't vote free waffles
1: i don't vote but i
0: appreciate the breakfast uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's i'll like, instagram this breakfast up. yeah <laughs> yeah um well sweet well um So this election, the most important election of our lifetime, um, who
1: are you voting for and why is it Kanye West? (laughs) Because um, Kanye West has been the only one who's been on the Joe Rogan show. So it's got to (laughs) be Kanye. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All elections in the future are just determined by uh, who Joe Rogan interviewed.
1: Yes. 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 So it's it's down to Kanye and Alex Jones and Alex Jones wasn't on my ballot. So I got to go. I got to go with Ye. Yeezy. Yeah, Yeezy. Yes.
0: Yeah. And this was kind of the last thing we were talking about on the on the the now lost episode. But um, I actually do think Kanye is probably the best candidate.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely the most honest for sure. Yeah. and um i think and that's cares, something too like he's not yeah.
0: just a power hungry psychopath or in debt to people or whatever like he just genuinely seems like he wants to make a difference and wants to help yeah absolutely In a crazy and, and way he's, he's still a little crazy you know but it's i mean just he's like... definitely
1: crazy I think, <laughs> his intentions are pure yeah it seems like you know with him kind of going bankrupt a couple of years ago and being in a ton of debt and you know finding his way out of it like that seems to have kind of Um, maybe grounded him just a little bit, you know, that he is a little bit more down to earth than he's been before. Um, And of course, you know, he's a Christian now, and he seems to be, you know, kind of trying to do do his best to to live out those morals as well, which, um, you know, not not everybody has to be on board with that. But I think it's certainly interesting to see somebody who, you know, comes from kind of a lifestyle of, you know, kind of what rappers claim to be and all that. And uh, instead for him to be constantly talking about, you know, his family and his kids now and, and, you know, making sure that everybody's close together and that they're his number one priority. I think that's been really interesting. And I think that, uh, you know, I listened to him on Joe Rogan and he was telling Joe Rogan that, you know, he kind of felt like he maybe had this calling and he even clarified that he, he knew um, that it wasn't like some audible voice from God, like, the, you know, the, the sky and clouds didn't open up and God bellowed out of the clouds or anything like that. But he said, you know, I think what God is telling me, you know, and he sort of left this room that he could be wrong, but that God's telling him that he wanted him to be a leader um, for the people of America and for the people of the world and that, that running for president would be a way to get him toward that. And, um, you know, with that, it's just like somebody who is doing it because they feel like it's somewhat of a calling as opposed to uh, somebody who's just doing it because there's an orange bad man in office or because they, they want to make the, the the liberals cry you know is, is kind of like the, the the main reasons why it seems like you know joe biden and, and donald trump are in it and, and all these other you know kind of bloodthirsty um psychopaths that were running for president as well you know they all had their own reasons and this yeah he, kanye does seem like a guy who kind of just wants to help people and um He doesn't seem to have any idea what he's doing as far as policy is concerned, but at the same time, maybe that's a good thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
0: actually too. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of for that. Like he doesn't know what he's doing, like good.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes like, sometimes there's something good to be said about somebody who's like, you know, I don't know what this big red button does. So I'm not going to push the button. Exactly. And um, I I think we're, uh, we've lost that in politics. You know, those people expect to fix everything and and they're going to make everything better. And so they have to mess with everything. And, you know, as we know, um, when government tries to fix something, it usually makes it and two other things get worse. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think the last thing I said on our last 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 episode is um his cabinet choice would definitely drain the swamp. Yeah, you know his cabinet would be filled with definitely not like DC insiders. Right. <laughs> and DC elites, you know, it'd be like yeah. this hilarious collection of like pop culture people.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you know, like you could you fire John Bolton and put in Lil John, I think would be my favorite <laughs> yeah. would be my favorite choice. Um oh man. Yeah. I would, that would be a blast, but I can, I'm trying to imagine Kim Kardashian, like as the first lady, like,
0: yeah,
1: um, yeah. it would be wild, but you know, I guess she's legitimately going to become a lawyer. Is
0: like she she's, really
1: she's in law school right now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, she, she did that actually thing with, kind
0: of impressive. Yeah,
1: she did that thing with Trump where they they signed that um, that criminal justice reform bill that actually yeah. helped a lot of people and I think they freed a bunch of prisoners if I remember correctly. Um, but you know, that that was one of the more positive things that Trump's done. And nobody took it seriously because it was with Kim Kardashian. But it was like, um, yeah. uh, you know, that's the most, the most 2020 thing of possible, you know, maybe I guess it's been a few years, but like this time that we're living in, uh, is, is signaled by the best thing that Donald Trump has done has been with Kim Kardashian in the Oval Office. And they were, they were, you know, freeing prisoners who have been put away for bad reasons. So, yeah,
0: yeah, none of that, none of this would sound real to us uh six or seven years ago right right <laughs> just, what are you guys talking what what kind of fan fiction are you guys coming up with these days yeah
1: yeah like the, i'm pretty sure this is just a simpsons episode that you're talking about here. this can't be real but like no yeah. the, the host of the, the apprentice is president and um, you know, The Rock is thinking about running against him. And uh, yeah. Kanye West is like a
0: fairly viable third, third, candidate, third yeah. candidate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I wanted to ask you this. This is a really important question I wanted you to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think the Democratic elites have been throwing this election on purpose?
1: I think there's a definite possibility of that. Um, I have said a couple of times on my show that these people who are in great positions of power, people who have a lot of power, they have the ability to be patient. And when you look at just regular citizens, you look at regular voters – everybody's thinking about what are we going to do right now? What are we going to do between now and election day to make sure that my guy gets the, the most votes and that my guy gets elected and that we get power right now and what we're going to do in the next four years. And I think that when you look at somebody like Nancy Pelosi or the Clintons or Bernie Sanders, or, um, and there's plenty of, them, you know, Lindsey Graham and, and your John McCain and those people on the Republican side as well. I mean, they've been at this for decades and they understand that if they lose this election, um, they'll be back in four years to do it again that they've got their money in this, they've got their contacts made and um, one of the things that Scott Horton talked about was how Nancy Pelosi kind of admitted that they lost on purpose in 2004 because they hoped that they could win bigger in 2008, that they could um, you know just let John Kerry lose and that hopefully whoever they put up in, in 2008, which I, I'm sure they weren't planning on Barack Obama because nobody had even heard of him yet but, um, they were hoping that, you know, Bush could screw things up even more if given another four years and that everybody would be ready and that not just uh, to vote for a Democratic president, but that maybe the Democrats could, you know, take control of the, the Congress as well. And I think, um, you know, I haven't heard anybody else saying it, but I think that's very well possible for this time that you could make the argument that um, they want to do it because of the media coverage, you know, that I'm sure media ratings are through the roof because everybody is talking about constantly what crazy thing Donald Trump has done today um (laughs) there was a oh my gosh who's um uh, lewis black the comedian that's like always angry about something he he talked about how he used to to wake up afraid when reagan was president and it was like he'd wake up in bed every morning and be like what the hell did he do today and that's what it's like with donald trump you know for real every single day that's what it is and um i think that that works out well in the democrats favor because they can keep their their base angry and then um, that they can just sit this one out and wait another four years and hopefully win bigger in 2024 because there's not going to be another Donald Trump to replace him. Um, you know, Nobody has the, the kind of skills to deal with the media and the, the skills to campaign the way that Donald Trump has done it. And so th- there's definitely going to be a step back for the Republicans. Um, and then I think the, the biggest thing also for me is that the the left was moving really quickly toward this whole democratic socialism thing and uh, going toward people like Bernie Sanders and uh, AOC and, and um, uh, what Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and, and these people, they're really gaining a lot of steam. And um, Bernie Sanders very well could have won the democratic nomination if they had let him. But instead what yeah. they did was they you know, they stepped in uh, right before super Tuesday and made sure that every, all the right people stepped down and endorsed Joe Biden so that they could keep Bernie Sanders from taking over. And um, I I think that that's one thing that the people on the right kind of forget a lot is that they sort of think that all Democrats are the same, just the way that the the people on the left think that all Republicans are the same, everyone on the right is the same. And and the Democrats do not want the Democratic Socialists to take over because that's not their party. That's not their group. That's not their agenda. And um, I think that by them maybe throwing this election, by throwing up Joe Biden, who nobody really cared for and that kind of thing, (laughs) Um, That they were able to really save their party. Because if if Bernie Sanders had won, and we saw in 2016 that Bernie Sanders always polled better against Donald Trump than anybody else did, that if it had been a Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders race, uh, Bernie Sanders may have actually won the election. And so – you know, it's one thing for the the powerful elites in Washington to screw up one time and let one guy who doesn't belong get into the White House, but if they do it two times in a row, because Bernie is not, you know, doesn't belong to them much more than Donald Trump does, um, yeah. that would be a huge, huge uh, kind of coup for them, and they would lose a lot of power and lose a lot of their status. So I think that it's a lot safer for them just to take another L and then, you know, hopefully win bigger in 2024.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything was just so fishy about it. Um, The whole Democrat party, like primary. Oh, yeah. Um, To me, it just didn't make sense. Tulsi would have been the perfect candidate to beat Trump. I liked Tulsi. Um, Like I I personally don't really agree with a lot of what she says, but just looking at it. I mean, she checks box. She's a woman. She's a minority. She's anti-war. She's, you know, she like appealed to a bunch of like libertarians on a bunch of issues.
1: Yeah. And I think that that she's also
0: like very progressive. Like she was like very for like the UBI and like healthcare. Mm -hmm. like her against Trump. I mean, and then just, you know, she's healthy, quote unquote, she's young, she's energetic, you know, right. She would have actually been a formidable opponent. And like from day one, they were throwing her under the bus. Yeah. Part of that that is like, makes me because even from when i was watching that happen i was like they're purposely keeping her away because they Mm -hmm. don't want her to be a viable candidate but then part of me like the double conspiracy minded is did they keep her out of scrutiny because they're setting her up for next time you know it's like are they like really setting her up for 2024 and so they didn't want her to take too many blows early
1: you know I think that's definitely possible. Um, I've got some friends who are really hardcore, like centrist uh, style Democrats, you know, like they're, they're party Democrats for sure. They're not necessarily democratic socialists, although they lean that way a little bit, but um, you know, they are Nancy Pelosi Democrats. You know, they're going to do whatever's (laughs) going to get them votes, whatever's (laughs) going to get them money and power. That's what they want. And um, they had been really upset with Tulsi Gabbard from the beginning because I guess even when she was she was a senator right uh, from Hawaii that there she's were times just
0: a um, uh, congress representative, yeah. representative. okay representative. um
1: yeah so whenever she was in that position in Hawaii there were times also there that she went against the Democratic Party and kind of disagreed yeah. with them and stuff and so I think that she doesn't play ball well enough for them to offer her any real amount of support and I think that um, for her to be talking ab- against the, the war machine and to be talking against the Federal Reserve um, when it comes to all of the other people whose support you kind of need to take power in Washington that, that Trump somehow managed to kind of skip over, um, those <laughs> people are not yeah. going to go for that because we have yeah. to keep printing money to keep the war machine going and we have to keep the war machine going so that we can, you know, keep taking, keep giving the government more and more power um because if we're not at war in you know 80 other countries all the time then people are going to start asking you know what their tax dollars are going for and and why we're giving (laughs) up all these freedoms so we have to make sure that you know we we stay at war and we keep people scared um and we keep the inflation pumping and i think that uh while tulsi i'm with you like i think that she is you know okay i mean she's definitely better than anybody else they had up there and if she had her way um you know, I'll give you the, the UBI and I'll give you, you – know, she's kind of a moderate on gun control, which I, you know, is better than what a lot of the other ones want. Um, you know, I could give you those things, and if, if we brought all of our troops home, um, then you could afford a little bit more to try to do some UBI, to try to yep. do you know, some, sort of, uh, you know, some sort of socialized health care or whatever. Um, and so I guess with those things, I mean that would be a compromise I would at least be willing to consider – um, because at least you're spending that money at home instead of just spending it on killing people and making new enemies mm-hmm. in other countries. Yeah. But, uh, I just don't think that she has the support coming from anywhere. You know, I, th- I see her as kind of like a mix between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, where, um, there are definitely some things that she's, she's got right. Um, but unfortunately those are, those are the right things that are going to upset everyone else around her that, that she needs to take power.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then too, it just seems like, like, and you were touching on it, like the news ratings are so like, how many corporations are making so much money right now? And then especially like Wall Street, like not only like the bankers and the executives of corporations and stuff are making so much money now off of Donald Trump, but also like the news ratings, like the news corporations and advertising on the news channels and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there just seems to be so much money made by like the anger that is Donald Trump. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the scandal that is Donald Trump. Like, and if Biden is president, it's just going to be the news spending four years covering up everything he does and says. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Like we'll talk about it on Twitter, but we won't like watch the news to hear about the nothing that is Joe Biden. You know? Yeah. yeah and then too, sure. like while well, that's happening, so that like seems like the 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 primary cause, right? The primary like mm-hmm. motivator is money, 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 incentive, incentive. But then also it just gives a chance for that underlying layer, those like radicals, like those Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez kind of people um, to rise to power because they can use that anger. Like they can use the anger of the people and use the negativity around Donald Trump and his name and his brands to like propel themselves. So I think a lot of those like Democrats are kind of calculating like, yeah, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is like pretending to want people to vote for Biden and stuff and Blah blah blah, but I think she's really calculating. Like, I can actually win reelection or potentially become a senator um, oh, if yeah. Donald Trump is elected. Instead of spending the next four years lying to everyone about how great we're doing, I can spend the next four years talking about how everything needs to be, everything is broken and needs to be fixed. And yeah. by the way, I'm the solution. <laughs> right. So it seems like it's like radical. The radicals are like a like doing a power grab. You know and it's like better for them to have the enemy in the executive so that they can kind of power grab underneath.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean, anytime anytime Trump does anything like remotely bad or like when he you know signed the bump stock ban or anything like that, I mean, all of the Republicans everywhere were like, well, you know, it would have been so much worse with Hillary, you know, and, and now we hear, you know, oh, well, Biden yeah. will be worse, so you have to support him. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, they would be in the exact same boat where, yeah. um, you know, yeah, if if. Joe Biden is president and AOC is trying to take more power, you know, all of, all of these people are going to be like, well, don't you remember just, you know, a few years ago when we had Donald Trump was president and it was, you know, the worst time of our lives and all of this stuff. And I think that, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that, that she serves a much better, that those kind of radicals serve a lot more chance of gaining power, you know, with, with opposition, uh, instead of with somebody who's mostly on their side.
0: Yeah. And I just see. I mean, if let's say Joe Biden wins on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And or when, however long it takes for them to <laughs> oh my gosh. come up with the results. It's going to cause, I mean, it would really, I think it would make it probably so the Democrats wouldn't win the executive election until the 30s, right? <laughs> like yeah. I guarantee they lose the next one, maybe the next two or three. And there would just be so many, like, scandals and so much nonsense and so much just, like, craziness over the next four years for the Democrats and for the media. Like, the media would just kind of be exposed as absolute liars and absolute hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Um, it would cause so much blowback. Like, the Senate and the like the House would just be red for a while, too. So I think this is, like, a calculated move that they really, they're doing an elaborate uh, play an elaborate theatrical performance that pretend like this election matters and that they really care but i think just when you look at the bigger picture of things it would be much smarter for the democrats to actually lose this election um and you know i'm sure they actually do want to win like the house seats and the senate seats but Mm -hmm. just joe biden you know and then kamala as the vice president it just seems like they're throwing that on purpose this time around
1: yeah, it seems just so weird. But then at the same time, I'm thinking like all of the reasons that you're giving that that they would, you know, it would kind of be beneficial for them to lose this time. Um, they're going to be facing kind of the same challenges in 2024. And, you know, it seems like we would almost have to switch back to a, a Democrat president in 2024, I would think. Um, but, you know, like you said, how is the news going to handle kind of that come down where if they've had eight years of constant chaos and fear and all of this stuff drummed up um you know are we going to pretend that a, a democrat administration you know kind of brings everything back to normal and everything's calm and everything's happy again or um does the enemy shift to you know these evil right wing you know how they, they talk about steve bannon and the alt-right and all of these scary um figures out there you know or, or is it just going to shift to talking about them constantly and they just ignore joe biden all or the president you know the democrat president altogether or what you know i don't know but Um, it's going to be interesting to see how things change moving forward, but, um, I can't remember if I said it, uh, in this recording or the one that we lost, but I I do think the internet's just going to look really different in five years, because I think that, um, they're becoming much more obvious with the way that social media is trying to shut down dissenting points of view and, and the way that they're trying to censor everything and cover everything up. And, um, you, you've kind of awoken a giant. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who aren't happy with the status quo. And um, they're not just going to be shut up anymore. They're going to find ways to get together and find ways to talk. And um, that may not be on Facebook or Twitter in five years, but it, it's going to be somewhere. And I think the internet's going to be part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it will be interesting. It's all interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> if you don't invest too much of your life into it, it's very like fun and interesting to watch. And then if you're just lost in either side, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing but fear and anger in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, important question I want to ask you is um, is Nancy Pelosi a lizard person or is she just a disgrace?
1: Oh, she's definitely a lizard person. (laughs) She is um, absolutely a lizard person. She's been around way too long and uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So creepy. (laughs) Do you think they're all just lizards? A, a, a lot of them, for sure. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi, um, yeah. the Queen of England, probably. Those people that have been around for a long, long, long time. Um, definitely, definitely lizard people. Did you see when uh, when Nancy Pelosi got caught going into that beauty parlor and they had you know her going in and out without a mask? And then Donald Trump tweeted about her and put the beauty in quotes around the, her beauty parlor visit?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Trump is the
0: master of that. Because you know that's a story the mean the media is gonna like cover up. Oh yeah. But if he can find a way to tweet about it and also kind of add some stank, add some like controversy to it, like maybe an insult or something, mm-hmm. then the media has to talk about it. Oh yeah. The one yeah, that was I thought the most genius tweet of all time was when that whole Stormy Daniels thing happened. Mm-hmm. So the whole Stormy Daniels like, media is talking about how he's horrible, he's blah blah blah. You know, you know the story, right? Like oh, everyone's. Yeah he paid for a night with stormy Daniels or whatever, and then paid her to cover it up. And it's all this big scandal. But then it turned out that it was like, um, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was kind of like a lie and that she ended up having to like pay his legal fees. Right. And um, you know, cause I think she broke her,
1: the non-disclosure agreement.
0: Yeah. And so then the media was just silent. Right. Oh no. <laughs> Everything we just did for two months is now exposed. And you know, we don't want to admit that Trump just won. We, the last thing we want to do is admit that Trump won this, you know? So yeah. Trump makes this tweet about horse face. Mm-hmm. Right? He calls her a horse face, which was just brilliant because, like, how can they now not talk about the fact that Trump just called a woman horse face? Right. But inversely, that's going to force the media to talk about the fact that the reason he's saying that is she just lost that appeal. So it's like he wins by purposely being horrible <laughs> yeah and like you said the beauty tweet was the same thing it's like now they have to talk about it because what's the context and now people go what what is the context like what is he even talking about so right. then they have to look up nancy pelosi beauty and they see the real story that the media yeah. does not want people to talk about so he's actually like really genius like he'll sacrifice his reputation to like mm-hmm. win
1: oh yeah and i've and said several times like uh, you know impressive. that i don't think He's, he's not a great president, but he is an absolutely excellent candidate and he is an excellent PR person. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he's like a strategic mastermind. But then like that's the thing is he's willing to like sacrifice like he's willing to just be called names and get, you know, all this anger and negativity thrown his way. But mm-hmm. then he just keeps winning like he wins the election. He wins, he wins, he wins, he wins, but he gets the bad reputation as a result.
1: Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. Um,
0: let me know if you uh, need to go too. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay.
1: Yeah. That's what I got. A, I got a text message and somebody was like, call me when you're done. And I just like t- had to shoot him a text real quick. Like, yeah, we, we lost the call. and had to kind of start back over. So we lost a little bit of time, but no, I'm good on time. So we're fine. Okay. Now
0: okay. yeah, let me know if you need to, if you need a hard out at any time.
1: Uh, yeah. No, no worries.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, would you rather have Trump or Obama as your president?
1: Trump or Obama? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Are we talking talking in the year 2020, like if Obama could be elected again now?
0: Yeah, like eight more years of one or the other. Who would you rather have?
1: So I can see good in both sides. Um, I think personally, I would rather have Obama back as president now that we've had Trump as president. And the reason I say that is I think that since... Sorry about that. Is my phone buzzing at you too?
0: No, yeah, it's fine. Okay.
1: Hopefully it's not, <laughs> not too bad. Um, I think that now that you're, you're right wing, you're conservatives and you're Republicans and, and the Tea Party people, and if you wanted to lump libertarians in with that as well, I think that those people have had a taste of of Donald Trump and his kind of that, that F-you attitude that he has toward all those people in power and all those people um, on the other side. I think that, that now that those people have had a taste of what Trump is and what Trump's like, and that you don't have to play the game by everyone else's rules that you can just tell people, you know, screw you. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, I'm going to do the things the way that I want to do them. I think that going back to an Obama presidency, or even if, you know, if Biden wins the election this week or whenever the votes are counted, whenever we find out who wins, um, I think that you're going to see a lot of Republican states and a lot of Republican groups just simply refuse to um, follow the rules, just refuse to, to partake in any of this stuff. You know, if um, Donald Trump did not do the national lockdown the way that people wanted them to, and instead, you know, basically every state went into lockdown instead, but I think that if you know, Obama or Biden comes through and they do this national mask mandate or this national lockdown in January, I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans or Republican states go, you know what? No, we don't want to do that. We're just not going to do it and you can't stop us. And I think that in that way, um, a a democratic administration would really be able to bring nullification back from the right and that you would see people from the right just simply saying, you know what? We're going to do what we want to do. You can't tell us what to do. Um, That's it. You know, and I think that that would be really, really encouraging from that point of view. Um, So I would be completely fine if uh, if Barack Obama were reelected, although it seems like the the left is kind of moving on from Obama a little bit. Like, you know, he's not quite hard left enough for them anymore. And so you've got to move on to, you know, to President Kamala or something. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: AOC. Uh, oh my Empress
0: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the oh, uh,
1: first. <laughs> they're mad at Trump for tweeting everything, but she would be live streaming everything. Like, you know, just that shot of her cell phone, like in her face and her ranting about stuff that doesn't make any sense and like mixing up all of her terms yeah. and stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, well, yeah, who do you, what do you think is going to happen? Tuesday or whatever the election's decided, who do you think is going to win?
1: I think that Donald Trump is going to win. Um, I've said this for a long time. I think that uh, I've heard from multiple people who have been contacted by the polls and they were Trump fans and they either – said that they were voting for Joe Biden because they didn't want to be bullied or harassed, or they said that they were voting for Joe Biden because they thought it would be funny to lie to the polls and get the polls thrown off. Um, yeah. That's kind of entertaining to me. Um, we also know, and, and it really backfired on them, but you know, we found out in those leaked DNC emails that they lied about the polls in 2016, that they skewed them to make yeah. it look like Hillary was so far ahead that, that nobody even needed to bother trying to vote for donald trump but instead that backfired on him and nobody voted for hillary because they thought that she had it back so yeah. um i wonder if they've learned anything from that i wonder how accurate the polls really are but i think that they're um you know trump's been pushing this this silent majority kind of uh language you know in a lot of his cam- campaigns and stuff like that and you're seeing a lot more of these you know trump parades and stuff floating around I don't know if you've had those in any of your part of the country or not but um I've seen several places where people are just lining the highways with their Trump flags and their pickup trucks and just driving around and yelling and honking horns at each other and all of this stuff. And um, I think that those people are out there, but that the media is just ignoring them. And I think there are a lot more of them than what people realize. And so if the polls are saying that it's already somewhat remotely close, um, that it's a whole lot closer than they realize. And there may be a lot more Trump people out there. But – then again, on the flip side, the Democrats have done a really good job with this early voting thing and getting everybody to vote early and vote absentee and mailing their ballots and all this stuff. Um, that maybe that does give them, you know, a, a good advantage because I think most of those people voting early are definitely gonna be voting for the Democrats. Um yeah. but uh I still I, I kind of stick with my original product prediction. I think that that Trump is doing a good enough job, and I think that the biggest fears that most of us had about him in 2016, that he was this absolute madman and that he had no restraint he was going to get us into all of these extra wars and that he was going to, you know, nuke somebody, all of those things have kind of been a you know, they've kind of been calmed down that um, maybe he's not that crazy, you know, and, and maybe he is a a headline machine and that he's always going to be upsetting, you know, Jim Acosta, but, If if he's not bringing us into new wars and he's talking about bringing the troops home and this kind of stuff, then then maybe he's not so bad. And I think that that's going to pull over the a lot of undecided voters and a lot of kind of centrists better than um, anything that Joe Biden could do to bring them over.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But
1: but then again, you know, like you said, it's going to be it's going to be weeks. Um, It seems like before we know who won and the media has already kind of told both sides that the other side is going to cheat and that they're going to steal ballots. And, um, I've seen, you know, at least one guy set a ballot box on fire already. So, uh, those votes were definitely lost. And, uh, if it's, if it's even remotely close either way, uh, both the, the losing side is not going to take it well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's pretend our
0: elections are free and fair. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i think trump would just win in a landslide i think it's not even gonna i don't even think it's gonna be close like popular vote and electoral college yeah but i just think there's just so much malarkey right to pull a joe biden there's just so much malarkey happening right um and just the timing of it like you said like the mail-in ballots the early and the late registering and yeah people lighting votes on fire and it's just i don't know you know voting machines are they trustworthy or not you know are there like right. algorithms to hack them like there's just so much nonsense these days that it's just like I don't even who even trusts that it's a real official count anymore
1: oh yeah you know? yeah and I, I get that and at the same time I kind of almost think that um, you know what I think 120 million people voted last time or something like that and I'm like, I'm wondering if you can pull off a scam that big without somebody talking and somebody finding out. And so it seems to me that it's, it's just unstable enough to make everybody have a little bit of doubt. But I think that it's so big that it would be really hard to pull it off. I mean, I kind of have a general idea of, of faith that whatever the election results tell us like that, that's a reasonable count of the votes, but Um, you know, you've got to wonder how many extra votes that they managed to throw in or how many votes they managed to toss out. And that kind of thing, I guess, is makes it makes it complicated. But, um, you know, I guess, fortunately for us, I don't, I don't care much either way who wins. I can definitely (laughs) see some, some light (laughs) at the end of the tunnel either way. But, um, man, to be one of those people that, that kind of have my sanity riding on it, I don't know. Um, I saw on another friend's Facebook post that there were several people saying that they had taken the day after the election, they had scheduled it off of work as a mental health day, because they didn't know if they were going to be able to handle (laughs) what happened. And I just thought, oh my goodness, like that's, it's hilarious and sad at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the president can make you that uh, (laughs) one way or the other, you know, yeah, it's kind of sad, but. Let's pretend, again, let's pretend our elections are free and fair for okay. a minute. Um, do you think that we can ever vote our way out of this mess?
1: I don't think so. Um, I think that politics attracts the slimiest, grimiest people. Um,
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And, and I,
1: think, I think the same, you know, oh, yeah. And I think the same thing about the the libertarian party, you know, I think if the libertarian party were to grow and we were to truly become a three party system where, you know, each one had about a third of the the votes or whatever. um, When those kind of people start to see that the libertarian party is a way for them to gain power, then magically you're going to see a lot of these people who used to be Democrats and used to be Republicans suddenly start talking about the non aggression principle and suddenly start caring about all that and telling us how much they've, they've always cared about it. And, um, I think in the same way, you know, they can do the same thing that everybody else has done um, for the past 100, 150 years that they can get into office. And then magically, there's going to be some sort of emergency. And because of terrorism, or because of foreign invasion, or because of economic collapse, we're just going to have to trust them to take over with power for a little bit longer and give them a little bit more power. And then everything will be fine when things let up. And, um, you know, as we've seen, nothing lets up, there's always some sort of Emergency and some sort of monster under the bed that we have to worry about and give them more power. And so, I don't think we can vote our way out of it. I think that um, voting is just a way to get people to to continue to buy into the system and think that maybe next time around, maybe next election, uh, we can make things a little bit better. Instead of you know actually trying to change things now or just trying to, um, you know, I'm a big fan of agorism, just operate outside of the system. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm really getting into that. Yeah. Just agorism, homesteading, just kind of, you know, pay the taxes, advocate for less, but just kind mm-hmm. of like, don't fight it. <laughs> yeah. And just do you, you, you worry about your local neighborhood and your local communities and just grow food and get your own water and, you know, just kind of live as like humbly and simply as you can. That's kind of my new strategy going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I think, and I mean, I think it's really useful. on. Um, just from a you know kind of utilitarian perspective, just to, to be in a little bit more control of those things, but at the same time, um, just emotionally, you're not dealing with that baggage. You're not dealing with this, this, this fear that the election's not going to go your way and you're not going to be able to be productive at work on the day after the election. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's what I've, I've told a couple of people. They're like, you know, well, what do you mean? You're not going to vote. Like, don't you care who the president's president is? And I've just told them like the president doesn't have any power over me. I, yeah. I don't care with who, which guy it is. Um, I'm going to continue living my life and I'm going to be better off in four years, no matter who wins. Um, you don't know, have every intention yeah. of, of being a better person and um, just growing in my life altogether, uh, doesn't matter, you know, what, whether the guys on my team or not, I'm going to, to move forward on my own. And I think you should do the same thing. And I think we'd all be a lot happier.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, I'm starting to get more into, I'm not like fully there yet, but I'm starting to really uh, like the idea of just becoming like monarchist, Mm -hmm. like having just like a, a lifetime appointment ruler, um, I don't really know what the best like secession plan would be or like the best plan for like the local level. But just that idea of like having a monarch seems better because that person actually would have to like own up to the consequences of their actions. Yeah. And, you know, the end result of if you're just a disastrous ruler, people are going to come with pitchforks (laughs) Yeah, and it's going to be bloody and brutal for you. So there's like actual consequences to your actions. It's not just like, oh, well, I did a bunch of horrible stuff. I sold out my people. I raised taxes. I started five more wars. I drone striked a bunch of people overseas. Well, goodbye. I guess I'm just gonna go retire in a mansion somewhere. And like the next guy is just gonna come in and be like, well, everything I do is not my fault. The last guy was horrible. You know, and this whole cycle like continues of like no one's being held actually accountable for their actions. And then people actually get rewarded. Because how many like, you know, industrial, the military industrial complex can just bribe someone, you know, for four years, they don't have to bribe him while he's in office, but that person just knows like, oh, if I just start some wars and, and drone strike some people, you mm-hmm. know, when I'm out of here, I'm just gonna be living nice and easy.
1: And I mean, and you I like, look that I how- have, like a
0: king, like a king has investment, like he's invested there. He's the guy for the next 20 years. He can't just be bribed for temporary gains by corporations and stuff, you know.
1: Right, right. And I think that we see that, I mean, even in the Middle East, in some of these dictatorships, that um, that guy has has a real genuine interest in doing things the right way. Because if not, um, man, that's his head that's going to be on a pike. Yeah. You know, you, you screw something <laughs> yeah, up in the yeah, White yeah, House. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, people, you know, Donald Trump, I'm sure will go down in history books as one of the worst presidents ever, if, if for no other reason than, you know, all of the kind of corporate establishment hates him. But even then, if we all agree across the board that he was the worst president of all time uh, he's going to go back to his mansion (laughs) and he's going to live in luxury and he's going to continue to 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 date porn stars and to cheat on his wife and to to eat expensive dinners and do all of this stuff and that's how he's going to live his life um you know in exile for being the worst president of all time whereas um you know you look at what happened in in uh in Libya you know the the Muammar Gaddafi they drug the guy into the streets and and killed him with a bayonet right there in front of everybody and um, yeah, that those people, when you, when you are the guy in power for long, for a long period of time, um, and you have to own up those decisions, whether you're a King or whether you're a dictator or whatever, um, they do have a, a much longer time preference. You know, they have to make sure that they're doing things that they're going to be safe, uh, several years down the line. And if you're a King, you know, that's going to your kids and, you know, you got to make yeah. sure that you're not leaving them in a bad situation because you don't want their head on a pike either. And, um, you know, ultimately, yeah, I consider myself an anarchist and I don't want to be ruled over by anybody. I would prefer that we all just, you know, got along and stayed on our own property, minding our own business. But, um, yeah, I think when you compare it to democracy, you've, you've got to make sure that you do things the right way. And, um, or I'm sorry, I looked, I looked at something that got distracted. When you compare it to democracy, you've got to make sure that um, you, you are doing things the right way because you have an out when it comes to uh, democracy. You, know, you can always blame it on the other guy, you can always leave and no one will ever hear from you again. But uh, when you're the king or you're the dictator, you're the guy and you've got to make sure yeah. you make good decisions. Yeah. So I don't
0: know how I would actually like support or who should be the king. I don't know how, like, do you vote on the first king? Like, how do you,
1: <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> if the point is like, you don't want democracy, like how do you even establish who the first king is? But I just think in general, yeah, that system if you had some kind of like actual bill of rights, some actual kind of constitution that the king had to obey too, I just Mm -hmm. think that would be a much better system. I don't know how I would actually logistically, like I'm not like sitting here saying like, I have the answers, I know, and I'm gonna go make it happen, but it just seems like a better (laughs) long-term way of having a rule. If we're gonna have rulers, like you said, like I'd prefer us not to, Um, but if we're gonna have rulers, I think that's probably the best case scenario. I don't know what I, if it ends up being like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, I would probably change my mind. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would like it to be a competent person.
1: But, but even then, I think that you can see. Are you still there? Yep. Okay, cool. I, I heard like a click or something. It sounded like you. I lost you. Um, but I mean, even with somebody, even if it was Queen Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, <laughs> um, even then. People get used to that and people just say, Oh, it's you know, it's our crazy queen ranting on her live stream again, and, and you just live <laughs> on your life and you don't care. I mean, that's it. And, um, have you read uh Renegade uh, Renegade History of the United States by Thaddeus Russell? No, okay, so I will write that down though. It is, it is an absolutely fantastic book. And his kind of the, the premise of the book is that when we look at our history books. Um, there's always somebody big and noble and powerful standing up in front of the people and telling them how they should act and what they should do. And so, you know, you've got George Washington, the, the father of our country, you know, telling us what it means to be good Americans. And um, you've know, you got Martin Luther King, who's telling us, you know, about the civil rights and telling us how to live with each other. But meanwhile, you've got millions of other people who are just living their lives and doing the things that they want to do to, um, to really shape history. And that it's those people that you can you can stand on a pedestal and you can you can preach at people all you want. And your ideas may be good or they may not be. It doesn't really matter. People have to follow through with them to make it happen. And so when there were kings and when we were when we were colonies, when this um, America was still, you know, kind of owned by Britain and we were still supposed to be doing what the king said. He talked about how people just partied all the time that there were. Um, that there were whorehouses, that there were bars, and people would drink during the day. And a lot of times people would, would bring alcohol to work, and they would drink while they worked and all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that um, you've got these founding fathers like Ben Franklin and George Washington and a lot of these guys who were really frustrated with these people because they wouldn't get it together. They were living almost like children. Um, but th- they were able to do that because there was a king who was taking care of how society was supposed to be run. And there were, there were other people that had nothing to do with them who were really making all the laws and making all the rules, so they didn't have to care about any of that. And so in, in the way that Thaddeus portrays it, that basically you've got Ben Franklin and a lot of these guys proposing this idea of democracy because if people have to run their own government and if people have to be good, informed citizens so that they can be good, informed voters so that they can make a good society – Um, then they've got to straighten up a little bit and they've got to live their lives a little bit better. And so um, by making them become these responsible democratic citizens, um, suddenly they're not able to just drink and sleep around all the time. They've got to take their lives a little bit more seriously and they've got to make sure that they're a little bit more educated and that they're being um, someone who's worthy of, of kind of being ruled over. And um, it was really interesting to, to look at things that way and that, that, uh, Thaddeus kind of says, you know, portrays this question that's like, what if your freedom is more than just the ability to vote for your own representatives and make your own laws? And, you know, kind of put forth the question that maybe these people were a lot more free under a monarchy because they did whatever they wanted to do. And they had the freedom to work or not work, you know, and they had the freedom to, to you know, be politically active or not be because they, they didn't have to be. They had no, um, no obligation to do so. And so he's saying that by getting this, this legislative freedom, that they actually gave up a lot of their real personal freedom in the way that they lived their lives, and that that was kind of a, a – that was what the founding fathers were trying to do when they did that, was to, to make these people lose some of that freedom. And it was um, it's a really challenging book, and there's a lot of different stuff in there. Uh, talked about the slaves a lot and slave relations with the slave owners and that kind of thing. Um, and there are a lot of things that kind of go counter to what the history books tell you. And then there are other things that just don't go along with the history books at all. Uh, and you don't know how it fits in at all. But, um, one of the things that he says is that some of this stuff, like sometimes something weird happens and we need to admit that it's weird and it doesn't make sense, you know, and, um, the, the book is just full of things like that. Um, but it really pushed me even more on that, uh, the whole, you know, hoppy in, um, democracy versus monarchy versus anarchy kind of thing that was like man like maybe people were a lot happier and were a lot more free uh when they had a king because they honestly didn't care about the king you know he was always there so they weren't under this threat of having to vote in a new king after four years
0: yeah (laughs) yeah constantly motivated by their anger and fear yeah yeah sweet right well um i have some kind of crazy questions do you want to get into this let's do it yeah um well first off uh, tacos or burritos tacos oh
1: taco man yes yeah always pretty much always uh, <laughs> that, the, the crunchy texture is just better i think um and i feel like a taco like you know it's going to be messy from the beginning uh where the burrito is you know wrapped up kind of neatly and you you feel like you've got it under control and then of course you take one bite <laughs> True, yeah. What about um,
0: Bitcoin or gold?
1: Uh, I would say gold, um, mainly because of my ignorance. I just don't understand (laughs) crypto well enough. Uh, I was buying stocks for a while and every time I would buy stocks, like with whatever spare change I had after I bought the stock, I was putting it into Dogecoin. And uh, I just kept losing money (laughs) over
0: and it wasn't much. I mean, it was just pocket change, you know, it's just basically
1: like the equivalent of the money that you have in the ashtray. But uh, at the same time, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I've put in 80 cents and I'm down to 40 cents already. Like if this were real money, I would be broken hearted. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: What about um, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson?
1: Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I got a call and lost that question. What was it?
0: Oh, no worries. Um, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? Oh. um,
1: Goodness. Um, You have to pick a king. Who would it be? (laughs) Give me George Washington. Yeah. Um, Just because he was the general... Um, he was, you know, spent his, his, uh, farewell address talking about the evils of of parties and that kind of thing. And I think that he was probably overall a little bit more independently minded and, uh, would prefer for everyone to mind their own business a little bit more, um, where I think Thomas Jefferson had a little bit of that moral busybody to him and, and that he wanted freedom and he wanted liberty, but he also kind of wanted people to live his own way, I think. So, um, that's my answer i could be wrong and if uh if i'm wrong somebody can tell me why (laughs) (laughs) and would
0: you rather let joe biden sniff you or kiss you
1: um (laughs) you know what give me the kiss go big or go home Yeah. yeah i love that i love that and uh
0: are you a pineapple on pizza kind of guy I'm fine with pineapple on pizza.
1: Not fine. not all the time, but it, it is a perfectly acceptable pizza topping. <laughs> You're not going to go out of your way to. No, I'm the- um I, I'm a vanilla kind of guy. Like pepperoni pizza is good for me. Like that's that's all I need. Um, but if <laughs> oh, yeah. it's got pineapple on it, I'm not going to complain. So <laughs> love it. And um,
0: do you think that those like TikTok food liquor people um, should be exiled or executed? executed for sure (laughs) painful or quick and easy
1: um painful we've got to make an example (laughs) and i'm not just i'm not just going to send them away to another country so that they can lick somebody else's food that's one of those things i i don't care that's um you know that's not a closed borders conversation you are not allowed to lick somebody's food anywhere in any country um or you know we'll go liam neeson we will find you and we will kill you (laughs) <laughs> definitely definitely
0: um
1: and do you prefer christmas or july 4th oh christmas for sure i love i, really? I will be yeah. today is th- today is halloween uh i will start listening to christmas music tomorrow oh yeah really yeah, yeah. oh yeah love it yeah i love christmas music i love everything about <laughs> christmas time um yeah. july 4th is fun you know it's fun to cook out and it's fun to have fireworks um but when you really start. Digging into it, and you know, you always have somebody sucking the fun out of it by telling you that you know that's not really when most people find the uh, Declaration of Independence. And all this
0: stuff. August second.
1: Yeah. So then again, I guess Jesus wasn't really born on Christmas either. But I love, yeah. I love everything about Christmas. So.
0: <laughs> and are you one of those um, climate change hoax believers?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that it's a, it's a small sample size and I think that the world probably is getting warmer and that we're probably coming out of an ice age. Um, and it, it really is getting warmer, but I, I would not take it uh, as fact that, that the earth getting warmer is a bad thing or that it's human's fault. So
0: no.
1: one thing, one thing Michael Malice always brings up is like, if you look at close to the equator um, you know, that's where the rainforest is. And that's where we have a lot of the things where there is more life than anywhere else on earth. Whereas you go to Antarctica, um, there's almost nothing. And so, you know, he's like, well, why couldn't that be a possibility that maybe a, a warmer earth is better for life, you know, for everybody. So
0: yeah,
1: I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but um,
0: yeah.
1: I do think that it's, it's <laughs> well overblown. I don't think it's the, the biggest existential crisis that's, that we're facing right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: then the thing I saw is if um, the idea is that we're releasing so much CO2 into the air, um, suppose that they, right, that's what's happening. Right. We're, we have an excess amount of CO2 in the air, but also we've seen rapid uh, green growth, like, especially mm-hmm. in like Sahara desert and the Gobi desert. And they think that's because the more CO2 actually is like more food for plants.
1: Right. That makes sense. Right. Um, so
0: it's like, yeah, we can sit here and say things are bad, like, I, I, I think that's just our mind. It's like good or bad. Yeah. Um, we don't see the bigger picture of things where like every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction. Like if we're right. putting more CO2 into the air, there's going to be more plants that are going to mm-hmm. consume that CO2, you know?
1: That so, makes yeah. me wonder. I wonder if there is, a, if there is a danger, if there are drawbacks to losing some of the desert.
0: Yeah, that too. I mean, yeah. Cause then it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think things just change. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and then at the end um, of the day, humans just can't handle that. We don't like that. Our brains like order and, you know, straight line, linear progressions and stuff. Like we can't handle when things deviate from the way we want them to be.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't mention it on my episode, but when I was preparing for my climate change episode, um, I found a website and uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's a website where you can go and give it like your address or whatever address you want to give it and they will put your pin on the map of you know where you are on the earth and then you can run it back like millions and millions of years and you can watch you know where you would have floated toward like pangea you know and you can watch you know you yourself float all the way from the united states and that the whole landmass to move you know back toward like the center of the earth or whatever and it will kind of give like a brief overview of what's going on in the world at this time like in in the earth's formation and all of this and they're, every single place that you went, like all of these, you know, there's 20 or 30 like time periods here going over millions of years. And they're like, oh yeah, um, these animals are extinct. These animals are extinct. These animals are extinct. We lose these animals, like these things are gone. And like, it was constantly like looking at that thing and looking at the history of the world through that formation. It's like, there have been millions and millions and millions of species. And I think like only you know 2% is alive still today. Yeah. Um, that number is probably not quite right, but something like that. I mean, it's very, very small amount compared to what's died before. Um, and then for us just to act now, like if, you know, something happens to the pandas, it's all humans fault. Like, come on, (laughs) get out of here. Yeah,
0: true, true, but also do protect the pandas. I like those. They're cool.
1: That's fair. There was, there was an article, I I thought of the pandas because there was an article on Cracked a while back where, um, this person was a zookeeper that took care of pandas and they were talking about how like they don't want to eat. Um, yeah. like the food fu- the food that they eat, like bamboo has like no nutritional value. So like they they don't get good nutrition and like they won't breed. Um, yeah. so they have trouble getting them to like rec- uh, procreate. And, yeah. um, it was like, these things just want to die. And they're like, you know, humans just won't let them go. And it was, yeah. uh, it was just kind of why that came to mind. It was just funny, but they were talking yeah. about how, like, and it makes me think of that, you know, you go to the zoo and you see all these other things that have been extinct. And then I, I think back to that site that I was on and I'm like, yeah, there's about a bajillion others that were extinct long before humans ever touched the earth. So you know, yeah. don't go blaming all that on us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the female pandas are only in heat like one or two weeks of the year. So oh it's all goodness. like, it's like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And yeah, the male yeah, like, pandas gotta... are always just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then like yeah. randomly, like the opposite time of the year, the male pandas will be like, oh, okay, I'm I'm good to go now. And they're just like, you missed your shot, buddy. Right. The female <laughs> pandas are like, I have a headache. <laughs> yeah. They were saying because, um, in San Diego, there was actually, um, a lot of success. Like this is a big problem, breeding pandas everywhere mm-hmm. in the world. Um, the problem is captivity. They don't, they just, whatever happens in captivity completely screws up all of their choices. I'm okay, getting yeah, a weird panda sense. rant. Oh, no, no, but, um, no that's okay. For that's some reason at the San Diego zoo, they just keep having success, actually successfully breeding the pandas. Okay. So the San Diego Zoo, for whatever reason, just keeps pumping out panda babies. So it's the panda honeymoon capital of the world. (laughs) But then the messed up thing, because I used to go to, I I used to live like a few blocks from the zoo. So I'd actually Mm go pretty often and I fell in love with them because I was cute little baby pandas and, you know, you watch them grow up and they're really cool. And, but um, what happened was a bunch of them were on loan from China for like Mm -hmm. 20 years. And then, so then China demanded that we send them back. Yeah. It was like, Hey, China, like, do you not see that we have this weird special thing happening for whatever reason where we're actually able to breed them? And China's just like, no, we want our pandas back. We had contract-
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's just yeah, kind of know, messed I've up. Where it's that, like, hey,
0: hey China, bro, can you just take it easy and let us, you know, maybe just start breeding these pandas? I, I You know, we have something special happening, and China's just like, nope, you signed a contract, give us the pandas. Give it back. <laughs> Our property. You know? Oh. It's yeah, kind of I weird, guess um
1: but. all pandas everywhere uh in the world are owned by China, like in all the zoos. <laughs> They're all nobody has right. them except for China. They have the monopoly really. on pandas. So um.
0: yeah. That's break break up the panda barons. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> the panda barons have had a have run too too long and too strong in this. In that's
1: this world. my uh, that's going to be my next presidential run. <laughs> it's going to be uh, free the pandas and end the Fed, and that's it.
0: Yeah, end the Fed and free the pandas. I love that. You
1: got my vote.
0: You got my yes. not vote. Good. Vote. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you think that space is real or not? Oh.
1: I think it is real, uh, but I will say I went down a flat earth. Um,
0: oh
1: yeah. I went down the flat earth oh,
0: yeah. well, rabbit hole. Well, um, and I, I joined the flat earth. Yeah. I joined the flat earth group for a while.
1: And um, keep it was, it was interesting to see how far that theory went. And yep. uh, I, I eventually got kicked out of the group because I was telling other people outside the group, what they were talking about. And they, they caught oh, me in a different Facebook group and I got banned. So. Uh, that was that, but I will say that I went from being 99% sure that the Earth uh, was round um, to, you know, maybe only being like 97% sure now. So they, <laughs> they did add a little bit more doubt.
0: Um, they brought up things I had
1: never yeah. thought about before, but yeah. uh, it was crazy to see how far that went. And for um, the group that I was in, we're basically saying that, you know, that the Earth is in a dome. And that the uh, the moon is only like seven miles above us and the, the sun is like 14 miles above us or something like that. And uh, basically that the uh, the dome of the earth is floating through space instead of the, the round earth floating through the universe like NASA yeah. will tell you
0: yeah <laughs> pretty crazy yeah, those liars at nasa tell you. oh my gosh
1: <laughs> every now and then, every now and then somebody would get into the group and they would be like uh actually i'm a pilot and i just wanted to tell you that like this is not right and this is you know this is kind of the thing and like you can see curvature of the earth and they're like you're a liar like you've been you've been brainwashed you you need to get out of this group and it was it was great to watch them like go after yeah. him it was like an actual like witch trial like right in front of me so <laughs> That's awesome. A digital witch trial. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and do you think that porn is weaponized against us? Uh, I think so. I think it's incredibly yeah. harmful. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think the uh, just kind of the addictive qualities and kind of the way that it, it changes people's minds and the kind of things that they look at and that they expect. Um, yeah. I'm not a, not a fan of it, but it would be, you know, kind of the same libertarian thing. I think if you ban it, it's just going to make things worse. So Uh, instead you've got to you know kind of own up to it and take it head on for for what it really is and just kind of tell people like look this is um you know you have a a, the freedom of choice to make these decisions but i think that this is going to be something that's bad for you in the long term absolutely yeah
0: i always say stop watching porn not ban porn exactly (laughs) i think that's a very like distinct difference you know you choose to stop doing it it's bad for you not let's force the government to rewrite laws. <laughs> right. um, but yeah. And do you kind of similarly, do you think there is a war on men?
1: Um, I think to an extent, I think, it. I think that definitely, um, you know, men are being put out in a, in a more negative light and being maybe, you know, discriminated against or, you know, just kind of, given a little bit of more shade than usual, but at the same time, um, you know, we've been hunting and killing things for, you know, tens of thousands of years now or whatever. Uh, We're going to be all right. You know, we can stand up to that. And I think that most people in most families, um, men and women work together still really well. And, you know, there are still people who are happily married and there are still people who, who like to split up jobs differently even if it's not traditional gender roles or anything like that people are still happy uh working as a team in, the, in those kind of ways and sometimes we just see that, that men are better at some things and women are better at other things and um that people are going to kind of fall into some of those roles that they like the best and um just like with a lot of other things where publicly you may you're supposed to say the right things and you're supposed to you know treat everybody equally and respect people differently but Um, At the same time, when something goes bump in the night, most women want a man who's going to go downstairs and, you know, potentially fight that intruder or, you know, get his butt kicked first or whatever it may be. Um, That's still what kind of people want, you know, and and when kids get hurt, they want their mom most of the time because, you know, there are certain traits there that I think we all know uh, exist and we may pretend like they don't and we may pretend like, you know, yeah, some people are different, you know, and some people are better at things than others, but. Um, I don't worry too much about the war on men. You know, I think it's just like anything else. Um, There are people all around who have things kind of stacked against them and, you know, whether it's a disability or um, anything like that, but you're going to overcome it and you're going to be better because of it.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so you talked about this on your last podcast, and I think you mentioned you're going to talk more about it, Mm -hmm. but do you think that vaccines are good or poison?
1: I'm fine with vaccines. I don't worry about them too much. Um, Michael Malice says, take one red pill. Don't take the whole bottle. And that's kind of where I am. Uh, I will admit I haven't gone down the, the vaccine rabbit hole. You know, maybe someday that's something that I'll get more interested in and maybe I'll be a little bit more alarmed about vaccines. But, uh, you know, I can tell you I've had mine um I work in a place where I have to have a flu shot for my job and, you Uh know, I take a flu shot every year and I deal with it and I still collect my paychecks and Hmm. I'm, I'm okay. I think as far as I know, so, (laughs) uh, I don't worry about it too, too much now but for now
0: (laughs) when the 5g towers turn on right
1: um... (laughs) yeah no, i've still i've still got 10 fingers and all 11 of my toes everything is fine yeah love that and uh do you gamble uh i do not i'm i'm terrible at those things i i don't gamble because i don't want to lose so yeah
0: except on dogecoin Doge yes, coin. yeah, yeah, Dogecoin, Dogecoin. That was a gamble,
1: and once again, I learned my lesson. So yeah. it lost like half of its worth, and finally got back up to breaking even. And I just sold it bought regular <laughs> stock. I'm like, I don't care.
0: Yeah. Uh, and do you do drugs? No, no. I'm a square. So yeah, <laughs> yeah lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to hear a nice like rant about how you tripped acid in the in the forest and. uh <laughs> yeah, no. Washed uh, your hands
1: for 2 hours. Tell you stories. Yeah, that was exactly what it was. Yeah, no. I was um no, never been into that stuff too too much. Yeah. Um just you know, for whatever reason, I think that I'm probably because I'm easily entertained and I can do just as well with uh yeah. with a stupid movie and staying up too late than I can um you know, getting drunk and feeling sick in the morning or doing drugs <laughs> or anything like that. So
0: oh, yeah. And do you think so so I'm going to, I phrased this specific for this question, but okay. do you think women should vote?
1: I don't think anyone should vote. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the, the joke that I have made is, um, you know, that I think we should, you know, repeal the amendment that allowed women to vote. Um, and because that would be a good start, you know, kind of the same way that, uh, you know, Ron yeah. Paul says, oh, you yeah. know, we, you know, the only, you know, <laughs> 50% of people that don't pay their taxes. Like that's a good start. And yeah. um, so I think ultimately, no, I wish you wouldn't. Um, but if, if we're going to vote, then yeah, I guess, I guess we'll let women, they can vote <laughs> pumping on gas and do that kind of stuff. If we have to let them.
0: See, I'm not an extremist. I think women should be allowed to vote. I just don't think they should, you know? Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> as long as you have your husband's permission. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just let your husband vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you personally, would you rather live in the year 1900 or the year 2100?
1: Um, give me 2100. Uh, yeah. yeah. I like technology. I like air conditioning. Um, I, I like the fact that I can get on inter- the internet and play any game that I want to play or look up any information that I want. And uh, instead of, you know, going back to 1900 and, you know, probably working in some factory or living in the dust bowl or something like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and will you at some point in your life be homesteading?
1: I can definitely see that as a possibility. Um, I like, I like living in the city because I like having so much access to anything that I want to do that I can go to any museum or uh, that I can go to the zoo or, that, you know, I can go somewhere where there are, you know, places to um, take walks in metro parks or, you know, uh, do bike rides on bike trails and that kind of thing. I like that about the city. Um, however, I definitely can see how things in the cities are getting crazier right now and that that's where the violence is happening. Um, and that's also somewhere where it's um, getting less safe to have views that are outside of the mainstream. So uh, I could definitely see how my kind of political views and my philosophy and that kind of thing could some at some point lead me to want to homestead and move kind of far away and, and kind of live off the grid and do everything on my own. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And do
0: you believe that the Bible is the truth?
1: Um, personally, yes. Uh, personally, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. I believe that that's something that... Um, I want to live by but at the same time um especially from a political point of view uh you can believe whatever you want and if you ask me for my advice on something um I may say that you know I, I think that this way is the best way to live or the, the best way to look at things but if you don't um as long as you're not infringing on you know my rights and my property then that's completely fine.
0: and um yeah um What I guess just what do you discuss on your show and why is it important?
1: Um, I try to discuss um, a couple of things. I guess I I try to go over a lot of current events. And so I can talk about, you know, what's really happening and try to give it in a way that is um, mostly just the facts, just trying to stick to that these are the things that have really happened, and these are the kind of the important background information to let you get a good picture of what the story is. Um, And then I try to describe it from a way that you can understand what the opposing sides are saying about it, Um, because I think that that's the the biggest thing is that it it doesn't do any good to make straw men. You know, it doesn't do any good just to, this is why you have so many people who never understand how could anyone in the world vote for Joe Biden, or how could anyone in the world vote for Donald Trump? Like, there are people who think that this is, you know, their best way out or the the best world for them. And we need to be able to understand that so that we can take those arguments on, um, you know, realistically. So uh, try to take on every story that way and let you see what the benefits are coming from the left and coming from the right. And then ultimately what I think the results of this are going to be uh, and what the ramifications of whatever they're trying to do is going to be and and why we believe what we believe about it. Um, And then the other thing would be Um, I talk a lot about persuasion on my show and psychology and the reason that humans act and think the way that they do, and so that you can see why a lot of these kind of things that are used in politics, why they're trying to change you or what kind of methods they're using to try to talk you into that, because I think that's uh, one of the best things when it comes to anything, really, if you understand how something works, you can try to figure out how to change it or how to go up against it, you know, I'm on my cell phone too much. I, I check Facebook too often. So one of the things I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to do is trying to understand more about why Facebook is addictive and, and the kind of methods that they use to try to keep you coming back and checking for more. And that by learning those things a little bit more and by knowing that if they can give you a notification every time you log on, then you get a little hit of dopamine um, that I can just consciously say, you know what? They're just trying to trick me with dopamine. I don't need to check my Facebook right now. And just to do better with those kind of things, um, and I want to be able to do the same thing when it comes to politics, to just say, hey, they're just jerking you around. They're just offering you something for free or they're just trying to make you feel guilty to make you move the way that they want you to move. And um, now that we know better about that, now that we know better about it, uh, we don't have to fall for it.
0: I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's an awesome show. Um, Thank you. Uh, um, need more. I, I mean, I hate to be the guy, but... I need more content, man. I need I need more of your thoughts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <I'm laughs> so I know trying... life happens, and it's you know it's not the easiest to record podcasts to people at home. You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> think I know. I just completely understand. That is my biggest and talking, and that is my biggest struggle. I think is that um, I'm just uh, I'm really busy. Um, I got a family and that kind of thing. So trying to keep up with them, trying to get that schedule. Um, straightened out and getting time to sit down and then just kind of get myself in a headspace where i can sit down and record and stuff like that so i'm trying to do better with that i'm trying to put out shorter episodes because they're just easier to um get everything together and record and then you know run over and edit real quickly and that kind of thing so uh i'm definitely doing my best so i've got uh one show that's been recorded um it's going to be called uh who are you going to call trustbusters and it's going to be about this act where uh you know the house is trying to go after facebook amazon google and apple i think facebook apple amazon google yeah those four um and just kind of talking about why they're trying to do that and how those kind of things really pan out um and then i am hoping if i have time this weekend to sit down and record um, just an episode about voting and kind of talking a little bit about how that affects you psychologically and kind of what that's doing um, to you to get you to buy into the system more um, in in ways that are going to kind of perpetuate this constant cycle of hoping that we can fix things the next election instead of just stepping away from it and um, you know making changes on your own.
0: That's awesome, yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I have one last final question, but before okay. then. Um, Do you have any like plugs or shout outs or final thoughts or questions for me?
1: Um, yeah, I guess my, um, uh, trying to think here. Uh, I guess my, my two main plugs, um, would just be, uh, the, the don't status on me blog. Um, uh, his name's Mike. He's been on Twitter for a while and, uh, kind of probably seen him pop up some on ancat um on ancat twitter some but it's the don't statist on me blog if you look up don't statist on me on twitter you can find a link to his blog and um he's been really supportive of my show from the very beginning uh, always been able to bounce ideas off of him and kind of um, just message him about the things that I'm working on to try to work through those mentally, he's just been a huge, huge help. So, um, he's just started a blog and so he's just got a few entries up right now, but if you want to check that out, if you like to read those kind of things, um, solid and cap thinker, he's kind of a, anarcho narco primitivist a little bit. Like he really is interested in that kind of thing. And that's <laughs> yeah. where he leans towards. So it's, um, really great to hear his thoughts on that, but he just put out something really good about the the drug war and how it kind of ties into the, the military wars as well. Um. And then uh, other than that, I guess I just plug my own show and just say that um, uh, my show is called Make America Garrett Again. Garrett is only spelled with one R. And uh, kind of like we've talked about, you know, just in, in this interview here that uh, we talk about peace, property rights, and free markets. And I try to be as fair as possible to all sides. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you know what I think about it. And i um, I try to always sneak in uh, pop culture references that probably only I get and um, (laughs) probably jokes that only I think are funny, um, but slip in enough of that to hopefully just keep you paying attention just a little bit, um, but to just hopefully give you something so that every time you leave the show, you're going to walk away from it feeling like you have a more rounded perspective of everything, but also at the same time, um, Feeling like you understand the the anarchist perspective from that a little bit better about why um, our answers to these things are better than anything that the Republicans or Democrats have to offer. Love that, yeah,
0: yeah. And follow him on Twitter too. It's it's just at Garrett
1: again. Yep, at Garrett again. Just one R in Garrett. Yeah, love it. Sweet.
0: Cool. Well, um, my last question, my final question for you
1: okay. is: um, Did you have fun? I had a blast. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry for the, having to redo the interview a little bit there. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I swear I will get better at technology in the future.
1: No, no, no. It's no, you, like I said, you were brave I am. That's why the main reason I don't do interviews on, on my show and don't interview anybody else is because I am scared to death that that exact same thing would happen to me every single time. So.
0: Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for yeah. your, the extra time waste. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Sweet.